On the one hand, organizations have an important role to play in order to give women the same chances of success as men. I know this topic is still sensitive. I usually get some reactions and people find it redundant as there is a lot of unconscious bias. But the statu quo keeps up a lack of proactive consideration of females for major assignments, a lack of gender consideration in succession planning, and a reticence amongst senior men to mentor women at the leadership level all contributing to the current condition. The subsequent lack of female role models at the senior levels also exacerbates the perception amongst women that advancement opportunities are limited. On the other hand, women do not miss ambition. They miss encouragement and relatable role models who inspires them to position themselves with audacity. Hi, and welcome to Fish in the Boardroom, a multilingual podcast where we have real conversations about what we can do to increase diversity in Swiss leadership. I'm Andrea Ullmann, and I'm your host on this journey. Hi, dear listener. I'm honored to talk today to Radhika Rosufridas. Radhika is the founder of InspiraAction, and she is the woman behind L'EFEA in Switzerland, the A effect in English. Radhika has a broad international career in management and training. Recognizing and developing talent drives her, and she purposely emphasizes on the growth of female talent. Her motto being, we rise by lifting others, and she certainly does lift others. I'll be talking to her about her observations with regards to the development of women in organizations and about the A effect. Radhika, welcome to Fish in the Boardroom. Hello, Andrea. Thank you for inviting me. Radhika, you are of Romanian origin and you had a bright career before arriving in Switzerland. You told me that while you were integrating in your new home in Switzerland, you were surprised to face your first roadblocks professionally and wanted to understand the context that led to this issue. What did you find out? Well, like the most newcomers, I encountered some difficulties finding a job that I first attributed to being a foreigner and not perfectly mastering the language. However, the more I integrated into my new environment, the more I was realizing that it was deeper than that. And from my outsider perspective, I noticed the homogeneity in Swiss leadership, whether in politics or in business, and the difficulty for women of building a career as they faced a difficult choice between children and career. This uh, sharpened my curiosity and uh, I found out how structural characteristic of the gender regime in Switzerland have strong impacts on women's career with, for example, very low levels of childcare provision, extremely high childcare costs, high levels of uh, horizontal and vertical segregation, 
a relatively large gender pay gap, particularly at the upper reaches of the occupational hierarchy. And I noticed that women tend to work part-time and or to take extended breaks from the labor market when their children are young to reconcile work and family life at that time, meaning uh, 15 years ago, 80% of mothers worked part-time, which was hampering their career opportunities. And you know, in a country where linguistic and cultural diversity is treasured in the constitution, gender diversity in Swiss workplace and especially at high level, seemed to me being very low. Even with uh, equal education, women generally had a lower occupational status than men. And the assertion that a managerial position is not possible on a part-time basis was very tenacious. You said 80% of women worked part-time 15 years ago. Well, this number has not changed. I recently looked up the numbers again. But still, I think things have evolved since then. What did you notice as having evolved in the last 20 years of you being in Switzerland? I would say that in recent years, diversity has become a popular topic. But a quick look into the overall status quo of gender diversity in Switzerland is still a wake-up call. Although women have made exceptional breakthroughs in politics last year, and some encouraging progress in the workplace, statistics show that they are still underrepresented in executive positions. Obviously, diversity is not just about gender. It is about welcoming a full range of talents from across the entire spectrum of society. But what I see from a management perspective is that even though there is a good representation in the beginning career, women tend to become rare as the career progression happens. Some call it the double glass ceiling, others the leaky pipeline phenomenon, you know. And according to the last gender intelligence report published uh, last week by Advance and University of St. Gallen, while nearly half of the employees in non-management positions are women, so the 49%, the number drops 20 percentage points when looking at all management positions and is much lower in top management, around 18%. This has been my wake-up call, and that's why this led me to engage in gender diversity in business issues and purposely focusing on women. Because I'm not a politician or an economist, but a specialist in talent development. So I've chosen my side, the one where I can make a difference. Yes, and you certainly do make a difference. In a previous conversations, you've uh, told me what you're doing on a very small and concrete level to support women. Would you mind telling our audience what your actions are? I make sure that every day I do one action. For example, writing or sharing a post on social media which relates to women accomplishments, or being a mentor for a woman who asked me to, refusing to participate in events where the speaker panel is composed of men only, and so on. I hear a lot that companies really want women, more women in senior level positions, but that it's the women that don't want 
that they are looking for them and they can't find them. So I wonder about this glass ceiling. Is it really organization that impose it on women? Or is it just that women don't want to take leadership roles? I'd say that the issue is twofold, or uh, I would call it an equation with two variables. On the one hand, organizations have an important role to play in order to give women the same chances of success as men. I know this topic is still sensitive. I usually get some reactions and people find it redundant as there is a lot of unconscious bias. But the statu quo keeps up a lack of proactive consideration of females for major assignments a lack of gender consideration in succession planning, and a reticence amongst senior men to mentor women at the leadership level, all contributing to the current condition. The subsequent lack of female role models at the senior levels also exacerbates the perception amongst women that advancement opportunities are limited. On the other hand, women do not miss ambition. They miss encouragement and relatable role models who inspires them to position themselves with audacity. This is why I think it's important for them to see examples, to experience examples, as to push themselves out of the comfort zone. I believe that it's really urgent to encourage women to adopt a leadership style that reflects who they are so that they bring they can bring in turn the kind of degree and depth that is currently lacking in many organizations. While I was the president of the VOD chapter of uh, business and professional women, I met far too many highly educated and skilled women still lost on the way to the top. I also met women who are afraid who were afraid to push boundaries, and if something gets a bit difficult, not to really go for it. This is what I see as a huge waste of skills, of talents, of potential. So yes, women do have a responsibility themselves to take the seats. In my first podcast episode with René Boujard, he talked about how diversity is the most undervalued and underutilized growth strategy for company. So what's the solutions? What can companies do concretely and how can they help change the status quo and encourage women to take on leadership roles? Well, in the rush to achieve recognition for being inclusive, some companies have started launching diversity initiatives, uh, but the process is only advancing slowly. I would like to point out that according to a study, Robert Walter's study on gender diversity and talent management in Switzerland, personalized training programs and leadership training sponsored by the employer were seen by women as the most important opportunities to develop their career. And 49% of the surveyed women were looking for a mentor or a sponsor at senior management level because they believe that it, this is essential to help them develop their career. Hence, organizations have to focus on the mid-tier management level where most potential female leaders are lost from the pipeline. This is why I pledge for investing in practical, down-to-earth development training, not only technical skills training. 
by nurturing female strength and the distinctive approaches that each of them brings to the table, we will be able to see a greater variety of leaders that emerge with complementary personalities and talents. And that's where you come in, right? That's why you founded L'Effet-A or the A effect. Yes, you could say that indeed. The A effect is above all a, a mindset that has become a brand and a mission to provide both companies and women with tools or better said with solutions to the equation of uh, gender diversity in leadership. In fact, the implementation of LEFEA in Switzerland has its roots in uh, my findings within the Business and Professional Women Network. I met so many competent, talented and hardworking women there who lacked self-confidence and courage to face their ambition. Because in Switzerland, women's ambitions still tend to be negatively perceived. This is why many women are shy about revealing and assuming it. And this also came out during my discussion with the headhunter. He deplored the difficulty in finding female candidates for top management positions because, he said, you women are like pearls, brilliant and precious, but trapped in your shells, waiting for someone to get you out and put you in the light. And this metaphor was a trigger for me. Since that moment, I decided to be the one who helped women to get out of their shell. So can you tell us a bit more about what is the A effect? The A effect, or LEFEA in original, where the A stands for ambition, with a big A, is a Canadian-based initiative that aims to accelerate the presence of uh, women in decision-making positions. Initiated in 2015 by Isabelle Houdon, at that time she was a CEO of a big insurance company in Montréal, the A effect aimed to open up a new way to build women's professional commitment and to encourage them to pursue their career goals. At the beginning, the concept was very simple. Five women executives gave advice and convinced other leaders, be they men or women, to act on a daily basis. Later on, Isabelle Houdon was appointed ambassador of Canada in France, yet she kept on her commitment. The co-founding team developed an innovative program designed to provide women with the tools and practical advice needed to reach for new heights. So far, LEFEA offers two programs. The Défi Saint Jour, its correspondent in English named Ambition Challenge, and the second one is the Leadership Challenge, which is the next level for women who already are in a leadership position. In Switzerland, we implemented the 100-day challenge last year, and uh, since then, about 50 women have graduated. For the, for the first year, we offered the program only in French, but starting uh, spring 21, we will launch the English version as well. You say that diversity is not a female issue. It's a societal issue. 
why then does your program focus on women's behavior? <laughs> Absolutely. Diversity, gender diversity and equality is definitely not a female issue. <laughs> it is a societal issue. And as I said, organizations have an important role to play in order to give women the same chances of success as men. But women also have a responsibility to take control of their professional aspirations and careers. And that's why our programs aim to transform mindset and behaviors and to encourage new behaviors by strengthening self-confidence, being more aware of their talents and strengths, and demand a seat at the table. In other words, we uh, try to enable women to get tools to shake the system. <laughs> Shaking the system, I like that. <laughs> yes. And um, for example, the 100-day challenge has been built uh, on, on three pillars, uh, which are the confidence and in boosting self-confidence and getting out of their comfort zone, the risk-taking, where women learn to how to manage risk and negotiate strategically. And the third one, the influence, where they learn how to build a solid business network and to develop a political acumen. Speaking about self-confidence, we realized that the worst enemy of women and the, the topic that is most prevalent for women is how to letting go of the imposter syndrome and how to positioning themselves and showcasing your strength. You know, I recently had a feedback of a headhunter asking men or women to join a board of directors. He told me that men immediately say yes and naturally suggest friends to the other open seats, while a woman asks why she was considered. She doubts her abilities and first wants to feel legitimate before she considers recommending anyone else. This is why we stress on this topic, on the imposter syndrome, which is very deep for women in general. Women also shy away from power games. Doesn't mean that all that a manager does is strategic. They need to understand that they have to surround themselves with allies and use their influencing skills to reach their objectives. This is something they are good at if they understand why they do it and have examples of non-abusive ways. Because there is often a kind of confusion between influence and manipulation. So this is why our programs address these three pillars. And we believe that real transformation is only possible when rooted in action. Being exposed to various successful role models give the participants the chance to project themselves more easily into a leadership role and to adopt a more ambitious mindset within their organization. Although the privileged access to the A-Effect leaders 
who share their experiences and valuable advice has a big impact on the behavioral transformations that participants undergo. You talk a lot about the importance of relatable role models. What are your role models? In fact, I had several models at different stages of my life. As a child and teenager, like I think 99% of the Romanian girls of my age, I was inspired by Nadia Comaneci. At that time, I naturally admired her talent and her performance, but later I understood that what fascinated me above all was her courage. For example, in 1989, when she chose, at the risk of her life, to run away of the brutal regime of Nicolae Ceausescu, I was 19. And I realized then that her ambition was not as much to be famous and to win Olympic medals, but to be free, free to make her own choices. As a teenager, she had become a role model without being aware of it. But as a woman, she chose to be a role model of empowerment. On the other hand, in my professional life, the most impactful role model for my career was, and yet continue to be, Angela Cretu, my first manager in my first job within an international company. She started by selling lipsticks somewhere in Romania, as I did as well, and today she is the CEO of the company globally while keeping her family and her career and her friends together. She is definitely my role model. And what is your role model, Andrea? Good question, Radhika. I'm being caught at my own game here. I have several. In business, I don't have the one person that is my role model, but I do have one of my former bosses who I thought was a very empathetic and very successful man who I always admired and looked up to. And he's been inspiring me to be better and to be a good leader, a humane leader throughout my, uh, my career and still continues, still a reference for me today. You see, I don't know if our role models are aware of, but I think that consciously or unconsciously, each one of us is a role model for someone else somewhere. Those are great words to end this podcast with. Thank you so much, Rodika. Thank you, Andrea. And thank you to our listener as well. Have a good day. This was Fish in the Boardroom. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a comment and review and share the podcast with your friends and family as this will help me make it more accessible to more people. Also, if you want to get in touch with me, please do so. You can reach me at podcast at fishintheboardroom.ch That is podcast at fishintheboardroom, in one word, .ch. I promise that I will reply to your email. On the website www.fishintheboardroom.ch you will be able to sign up to the newsletter to be notified when new episodes are released. Fish in the Boardroom is produced by me, Andrea Ullmann. Music is by Patrick Patrikios. <laughs> <laughs>